Lord, for this time that you are here with us. We love you, Lord, and we honor you. We bless you and we praise your holy name. We thank you so much, Lord, for blessing us, keeping us, and helping us. And, Father, we understand so much more your great love when we observe it in your word. Help us to just mix this word with faith at all times and increase in everything. So we love you, Lord, and we honor you. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to talk about the healing psalms today. Amen. I thought it would be a good day for us just to relax under the word and, and not that we don't. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a different kind of ministry. Uh, the Psalms themselves have a ministry of their own. Uh, when you look at the words on those pages, they tend to form a pattern. Um, you know, all of the Psalms do. Uh, <clears throat> there is a pattern of how to develop a relationship with God. So if, if, if People are lacking in relationship aspect of their walk with God. I think the Psalms are very good for that. Uh, I know when I was a new Christian, I just read the Psalms continually all the time because there was always some you know, problem or or I perceived something as a problem that wasn't really a problem. But, you know, after you got over in that place where you could identify with the writer, uh, it was it was it really is a ministry. The Psalms themselves are a ministry to the people that read them. That's why some of the scriptures uh, that are widely appreciated are from the Psalms. Psalm 23 is one that people quote all the time. It's like sometimes a psalm that they know when they don't know any other scripture. Uh, there are other psalms that really bless people, uh, people who are looking for protection is Psalm 91, uh, and, and others that we can think of, you know, sometimes the early numbers in the psalms uh, speak of uh, protection and help and, and refuge and all those kinds of things. And so when we feel like the world is against us or we're under some kind of pressure, or under some kind of trouble, then we find our ministry uh, in the Psalms, and so it's it's always good to understand that about your Bible and what you can find where and in all of that. In in the Psalms, we also find that there are are keys to access to God, and one of the things that we see very frequently in the Psalms is praise. Amen. We and then we find out through the Psalms. That praise is how we enter into the presence of God. Amen. And so once you understand that there are some keys here to relationship and that your relationship with God is a merciful one. Amen. I think that's the one thing we find out more in the Psalms than every, anything else is the mercy of God. Because you'll see the psalmist say things like, Kill all my enemies, wipe them out, don't let the kids live, and all this kind of stuff. And then later on, he's thanking God for delivering him, you know. So I think the Psalms give us an understanding that God knows our hearts, that we can really express anything we want to him. It doesn't seem like he took that out of the Bible because the psalmist said, do something, get revenge on my enemies. 
And it's not really because they were under a different covenant. See, because they were under a covenant that brought the curse, that doesn't mean that God's going to curse people because they, you know, they, you're angry with them. See what I'm saying? God, God is a great arbiter and God is somebody who would win that person over as well. You know, that's his aim is to win that person over. See, when he says, I will fight with those who fight with you, what he really means is you leave them alone. I'll take it. You know what I'm saying? And so it's like that. But see, the psalmist was still free to say, God, I feel like this. I feel this way. I feel that way. Help me, God. Help me get back to where I'm supposed to be, you know. And so that's the great thing about the psalms. They take into account human weakness and they make provision for it. You don't see the psalmist get rebuked and told, you're not supposed to feel that way and shut up. I'm not talking to you. God lets him talk. He lets him get it out. He lets him talk. That's why I say to a lot of people, I said, why don't you just talk to God about this? I learned a long time ago, I didn't have to have answers for everybody. I said, I think you probably need to talk to God and see what he has to say about it. Because sometimes we can have ideas in our head and and run off with them and, and go crazy. But but until we stop and put it before the Lord and we'll find out that God really does have an answer for us. We're not out here on our own and we're not by ourselves. And so if we will understand that and take that into consideration, we can continue to live a blessed life. Amen. We will always have the blessings of God in our lives because God is a good God. Amen. And his mercy endures forever and ever and ever and ever. And so uh, 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 one of the things that we get uh, understanding of from the Psalms is we get an understanding of God's mighty power. Uh, you can see from the Psalms that people will, who were in uh, very dire straits would cry out to the Lord. It was like I've got to get some help, and I know the only person who can help me is God. And and that's one of the understandings you get. You know, even if you feel like you're desperate, there's still hope for you, and there's still help for you because God lets us know that. The other thing we get an understanding is God's great mercy through forgiveness. Amen? That, that we can, uh, David would always say, blessed is the man who sins, are covered, amen, who God does not impute iniquity to them anymore. And he, he found that that edge of mercy in God that he could get in trouble and God would get him out and then he wind up in trouble again and God would get him out again, amen. And so there's a sense there of God's mercy that overrides certain judgments sometimes. It's like David would know, I have no right to expect God to come here and help me out, but here he helped me out again. Amen. And so that's a, a edge into God's forgiveness. The other thing we see powerful in the Psalms is thanksgiving. If nothing else, you see the power that thanksgiving will bring into your life if you promise, if you uh, live a life of thankfulness, thanksgiving. And, and, uh, heart of gratitude. And when I say a heart, I mean from the heart, you are grateful to God. I remember thinking to myself, I would, I, I, I was thinking, uh, God had done something or released something to me. And I was thinking, I said, Oh, thank you, Lord. And then I thought to myself, God, I need to express that. You know, uh, sometimes your inner, inner desire is more powerful if you release it 
with your voice. And so there are times when when you can have a thankful heart and you can walk around in a meditation of gratitude. Uh, That's what the Bible means when it says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Amen. And and I think that's a, a helpful attitude to have in your mind instead of letting your mouth say things in a shallow way and your mind is thinking something else. You know what I mean. Sometimes you can. Uh, you can be uh, uh, not wanting something, but you go along with it anyway. You know, your your heart is not really in it. I think if your heart is in it and your mouth will confess it, that will bring everything else into alignment where you can let your soul magnify the Lord. Instead of being a, a resentful person and a person who does things grudgingly, God wants you to do it with your whole heart. Amen? Because he's looking at the heart anyway. See? I think if we don't correct these things, people who do things grudgingly will eventually quit because that wins out over what you would be feeling that's that's coming purely from your heart. See? Because in your heart is probably a resentment, probably an anger, probably. And so if you don't put that in check and say, God, what's wrong with me? I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy what I'm doing. I want to feel good about so-and-so, my relationship with this person, that person, and the other. And if we don't put that in check, then eventually that will win over. And so once your heart, even even when your heart is not really in it, if you will let your soul meditate on good things about certain things, you'll find that eventually your heart gets converted. That's how we got saved. At first, we were enemies of God, and, and we didn't want God in our lives. And these little Christians, crazy Christians, run around telling us about God all the time. We hated them, too. But that word eventually worked on us, where our souls began to magnify. See, what you think ministers to you, and once your soul is converted, your heart goes along with it. Amen. That's really how the word works with everything. If you want healing. That's how it works. Your heart may be thinking, oh, boy, this is not going to work. This, you know, this word stuff. I've been I've been quoting the word. I've been saying the word. I'm in the word. I'm doing this in the word and that in the word. And, and then after a while, if you continue to take your stand on the word and say, I'm going to speak it anyway. I'm going to believe it anyway. I'm going to confess it anyway. I'm going to read my word anyway. Because the Bible says this word is medicine to my body. I'm going to keep reading it anyhow. And you make a determination to let your soul then begin to magnify. Instead of your soul magnifying the ways and being full of doubt all the time and challenging Oh, this ain't gonna work. It takes too long. It's you know, this kind of little, little confession stuff. This is not, you know, you understand what I'm saying? Because your soul can fight everything good God wants to bring into your life. Just won't let it happen for you. And so once we understand that we can let our soul magnify the Lord. Amen. Where's my Catholic girls? Huh? All right, let's hit it. My soul doth magnify the Lord. That's the Catholic version. <laughs> there you go. Amen. That's right. That's right. The Magnificat. So, so uh, yeah. Amen. So let my Catholic girls speak up now. 
but but that was what mary did amen she gave us that ministry to our souls because she was in doubt if you think about it when the angel first came to her she was in doubt about oh boy do you have this is you coming to the wrong address with this this word you know and after she said yes then comes my soul doth magnify the lord amen so it's once we say yes to the word and we let that word start to sink in then your soul picks it up and say this is a good thing for you mary think about all the stuff that's going to come good in your life when this and she began to sing the praises of god she began to let her soul her mind then instead of being filled with doubt started being filled with anticipation excitement um joy and rejoicing even though it's going to be a hard time for her coming through there as an unwed uh mother you understand what i'm saying after she's been engaged to a a nice young jewish boy now she's got to go through that stigma so if your soul doesn't learn how to magnify the lord you won't make it through the troubled times you won't make it through the challenges you'll you will quit because your mind your carnal mind is going to win the argument and you can't afford to let carnality win out because what do you say for if you're gonna let <laughs> let your old man dominate and let him win that fight and so we have to understand that that in in allowing your mind to grab on to god's word and magnify that then god can bring blessing upon blessing upon blessing that's when you get converted see you get converted when your soul begins to magnify the lord make him big talk about how great he is just in your mind think on the goodness of god the good things of god my goodness he's done so many good things i can look around the room and see many testimonies of the goodness of god amen and so we need to hide those things god told israel to rehearse these things in your children's ears let them hear how good the lord is amen instead of being ashamed that god had to provide food for you because you were broke let your kids know look god did this for us because anybody can be broke but not everybody can get good things from god and so god has has blessed us and helped us and you need and get them to help you magnify them that'll straighten them out real good from their rebellion just everybody let's join in and we're going to rejoice and tell god how happy we are and how blessed we are and how thankful we are that he has made this great provision for us amen other than that you know many times your kids will grow up resentful of poverty and still of understanding that it has a purpose in everybody's life see (laughs) the people who are never poor don't understand the purpose of poverty and they'll eventually run into it anyway you see what i'm saying because there's a purpose in it for everybody there's challenges come to everybody and there's god's purpose in that challenge and so if we can buck up under the challenge we will be fine amen but you won't you won't get it if if you let your soul keep telling you mean things angry things resentful things how much this is taken away from you and it's not adding to your life you know that's definitely the devil and so we have to understand that through the psalms we can have the ministry of healing to our soul 
and to our bodies. Amen? Because the word heals everything. But I think about the Psalms as far as setting a pattern for relationship with God, for successful relationship, uh, for power and understanding God's awesome power that he can do anything. He will come and rescue us. There's nothing too hard for him. He is our rescuer. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, you think about it sometimes. If people get upset because they have troubles, you know how it is. You think, oh, boy, here it comes again. You know, but sometimes you need to have the fact that he rescues you reinforced. How is it going to get reinforced if you get scared of trouble and, and not understand that when trouble keeps coming repeatedly? It's because you need to get it ingrained in you that you don't go anywhere else for help. See, you don't look anyplace else for what you need because he is your salvation. He's your rescuer. He's your everything. Amen. And so once we we understand that, then we can live a life of peace. And I think the Psalms give us a good place to go. I used to say, I'm going to go crawl up in me a good psalm today. You know, <laughs> when things was kind of rough, I said, ooh, let me find me a good psalm to crawl up into. And just read it and over and over, let it minister to you and let it help you. Amen. The ministry of the psalmist is very powerful. It's still a powerful ministry in the body of Christ. You know, for people who will really take it up, uh, you know, as, as a, a spiritual ministry. But those who, uh, you know, like when you find the worship leader that, knows how to flow with the Holy Spirit prophetically and and can come into that place of bringing a healing word to the body of Christ. I mean, that's still a powerful ministry uh, to the people of God. I was thinking about Andre Crouch. I said, I said, oh, boy, let me give me Andre. When it got real bad, you go get him, a, get your Andre Crouch, and you start to weep and get broken and carry on for a hot minute, and then you're right back, you know, where you need to be. But that's a very powerful. Why do you think he he could take that out to the world and big concerts and stuff? Because it was productive. It was helpful. It it ministers to the saved and the unsaved. Amen. God's word always has that power. And so it, it's a good thing to understand where our help is in the Bible. You know what I'm saying? You you just need to know your way around. I know you all understand this, but you know it's it's good to visit some of these. Uh, old places i call them you know places where we first met the lord and that kind of stuff so the psalm is a book of songs and prayers that express the heart and soul of all humanity so you will find something for all situations all people the whole range of human experiences is expressed in the psalms This is a place where true feelings are poured out without rebuke. I'm going to say it again. This is where your true feelings are poured out without rebuke. Amen. Because sometimes you'll talk to people and you'll be sharing stuff with them. And they say, well, you can't say that. That ain't right. You know, you always get correction somehow from there's always a corrector. Uh, a confession Nazi, I would say, loose to to instead of understanding what you're saying and what's behind it and flowing with the spirit of ministry that would come at a time like that, 
they want to tell you don't say that that ain't right you can't say that he just said don't say that say this you know that kind of stuff and so uh there's no rebuke when you take it to god and i think that's where the psalms remind us take this to god and you'll get god's answer amen they the uh, they always reflect man's openness before god and god's response so when you're as you're reading the psalms when you when you look look for answers don't look to just go in there and, and cry all the time and come out crying you're supposed to cry and come out better amen come out with assurance that that's been resolved amen so this is what way that here is where they confess their sins doubts fears and ask god for help in times of trouble and praise and worship him amen so it it, it's something that begins with trouble and ends with praise and then you get to the high high psalms where they start out with praise and end with praise amen and so there are different ways of coming into to the book of psalms sometimes when you're feeling good you just go in there and have that feeling reinforced you know have that good feeling reinforced the highs and the lows are expressed in the psalms the cries are honest and people are drawn to the psalms because they identify with the psalmist the psalms are the most comforting of all books of the bible amen so we need to understand that even though you might see trouble there you might see upset there they they offer the most comfort because they're probably it's probably the most read book of the bible i'm not sure about that but but i'm thinking that that's right they're in the middle of the bible for a reason because you don't have to know what you're looking for to find a song (laughs) just go right and open it up right in the middle and you can find something that'll minister to you the psalms are are divided into books this is just a historical uh, uh, item Uh, psalms 1 through 41 13 uh, are about the fall creation and redemption psalms 42 to 72 20 are about the uh, recovered nation of israel and day-to-day things that happened in that nation uh, there are other psalms that talk about god's holiness there are some that are specifically written by certain descendants of one family um, they were assigned duties and they kept their assignment praise god we need to be thankful these people stayed faithful because we got something amen <laughs> so even if we're not you know we endeavor to be faithful but sometimes we're not but here god had a faithful people that that kept covenant with him and kept these uh, uh kept his word they were custodians of his word and of his covenant uh the psalms of david uh are are set to music and they have to do with praising god and his word uh, many of them are a response are um i guess you would call them responsive psalms where they would the leader would say something and the people would respond to him like they have responsive reading sometimes in some churches and so it was uh customary for the psalmist to to get engage the people so that they could be a part of the service and they could know that there was a part for them to say so they could take something away uh, from that meeting with them so the psalms will take us to a lot of different places of need of relationship and rejoicing 
But one of the things that they do is they they do offer healing. And so I thought I would go through uh, some of the healing psalms so that we would have those and know, you know, if you want to write them down and make a list, sometimes that's helpful. Because if you just want to get in the psalms and find all the scriptures you can that speak about healing, that's a good assignment to, to assign for yourself when you need it. So the first one I have here is Psalm 30, <clears throat> verse 2, says, O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, you have brought up my soul from the grave. You have kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. And then after that, he understands that. He says, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his gift. Thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Amen. So here it is. He cried out to the Lord and he healed him. I can't tell you how important it is to keep a dialogue with God even when you have instruction of what you're to do. You know, we all know whatever you need, you need to pray, believe you receive it when you pray. And then you can go along thanking him for that. But then there's sometimes you can run into a, a, some some hindrance or some difficulty or another problem will pop up. And so you need to cry out to him. It's like sometimes you'll be confessing your healing for one thing. Something else pops up and then something else. Well, what am I confessing about now? Which one is this? You know, and so you need to cry out to the God and get clarity on what it is that that you're pursuing. So your pursuit will be fruitful. Your pursuit will be prosperous. Your pursuit will be holy and whole. And so when we see that, there is a pattern in the Psalms where we cry out. No, we run into difficulty. We cry out and God responds. He always responds. And you'll be able to see that clearly uh, from the Psalms. So we need to repeat these testimonies. And put ourselves in remembrance. And then sometimes when, when you when you get like this person says, he says, he brought me up, brought up my soul from the grave and kept me alive so that I don't go down. He said, sing unto the Lord, all ye saints. In other words, he wants others to rejoice with him at the goodness of God. Because that rejoicing can be, a, um, I guess you would say, a preservative for them. That rejoicing can put up a standard in there to resist. So then that person has an opportunity to overcome based on your testimony. That's why you see a lot of, lot of uh, Psalms will say, magnify them with me. Let's join in. You know, of course it was being given to the congregation many times, but there is a place where you want to share that good news. You want to share that rejoicing. Uh, with somebody else I was talking to somebody the other day and and uh, they said they called somebody this is this other person they were talking to as a Christian you know I think a relative of theirs and she said she was sharing with her that God had done something for her and how excited and she told her you're preaching to the choir yeah which is a foolish thing to say anyway because the choir needs to be preached to more than anybody else. In my book, you understand, it's like I'm so rich in the things of God, I don't need you to tell me anything. You know, that's not good news to me. Go tell somebody else. Amen. And so we have to be careful that we don't get 
burn out, I guess, with good news. I don't see how you could. But sometimes if your mind, if your soul isn't in a place where it wants to respond um, righteously and it doesn't want to respond appropriately, sometimes that good news can fall on deaf ears or fall on a heart of resentment or something like that. But the Bible says that we should rejoice with those who rejoice. We should mourn with those who mourn. Amen. And so there is a place where you have to understand that if God sent that message to you, there must be a place in your heart for it. There's a place where it's needed. Amen. There's a place where uh, where something something is there that needs to be expressed or it needs to be planted and deposited on the inside of you. I was I was having a challenge uh uh recently and and it was something where I know I had done something wrong before God and I felt really bad about it and I said God I don't believe I did that how could I mess up like that blah 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 and so I was just going through my Facebook messages which I do I don't like them to back up you know what I'm saying if if you go if you're gonna be on there act like you're on there you know I see some people haven't posted anything since 2015 and 2017 I'm thinking well I'm about to get them off of my page put somebody on here that's gonna be alive you know but anyway this uh, young lady that I have known for many years uh, she is uh she lives in Detroit and uh she sent me a note and she said she said this morning i woke up and i spoke to the lord and i i asked him no she said i told him i said lord i want to be more obedient to you and she said um i haven't been the kind of daughter to god that i should have been over the years she said and i really want to live right and she said is there somebody i know that i can pattern my life after that would be pleasing to you she said and god showed me you and see the thing of it is 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 that that was something sent specifically from god to me through her to let her let me know that i was forgiven that even after you've walked with god for many years you can still make mistakes you can still do things that aren't pleasing to god and it's not that i don't know that but it's different when you step into it and you experience it and then you know, oh boy, here I am again, you know, with this kind of craziness going on in my life. But it was a humbling thing for me. And I said, God, I said, you even are ch- taking care of me in that. I said, I know my sins are forgiven. I said, but I know, you know, I need to know you've forgiven me. You got me? So there's a place where you can know it in your heart because you read the word and you receive the word, you take the word. But then there's a a place where God wants you to, he co-signs it. You have it by faith and you know it and you can experience it, but he co-signs it so that it doesn't keep being a hindrance in your life. You understand? He wants us totally free from the devil's harangue. Amen? Because we can't get anywhere in this life being afraid of making a mistake i can tell you that's the one thing that that a lot of the problems christian have christians have are not real problems they're imaginary things that they have based on fear based on the fear of based on the what ifs 
based on the well suppose it doesn't work mentality and so if we can get rid of that the bible says the righteous are as bold as a lion amen and so if we want to live boldly in righteousness if we want to live and god appreciates us when we step out he doesn't appreciate people because if you look at the people in the bible that were fearful they got left behind look at the 10 spies out of the out of the 12 they their carcasses fell dead in the wilderness because they were too afraid to believe god and step out on what god told them amen god called it evil and it is evil not to continue in faith in what god gives you to do and so we have to be careful when we uh when we live a life of just in our own mind all the time and trying to figure things out we got to get out of that and express ourselves to god we got to get out of that and and get into god's understanding of things we we really really do because you never outgrow your need for his mercy his love his touch the things that he wants and i think god wants us to live close to him I don't think he appreciates it when we try to live independent and, and uh, well, I can handle that because I've been walking with God and I got me a scripture and I got, you know what I'm saying. You got your little kit of your little magic kit to keep you out of God's face. I think he appreciates it when we come to him. And so I think sometimes we can, we can, we can do that. He'll make a way for us to, to get closer to him in a way that we get reinforced the things that we know already and we get a new perspective on the things that god wants us to do you know there's there's some things that god needs people to do that are going to take fearlessness and that attitude comes from him see you know we talk about daniel and the lion's den it's real nice to think about that but that's us God needs more people who are willing to spend a night in a lion's or with a, in the in the mouth of the lion. Amen. He needs people who are willing to do that and just trust him through the difficult things. You know, I didn't like messing up. I didn't like having to go to God and say, "Gosh, I, oh God, I, you know, come on, forgive me, and I'm sorry." And you know, you don't want to mess up because you don't like the feeling that you get when you do. But thank God his blood will take that away. I mean, there's nothing you could do. It's a package deal. You sin, you feel bad, you confess, you receive his mercy. But it's different when he takes the time to reinforce his forgiveness to you. And I think we need to expect more of that. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, expect him to co-sign what he already signed. You know, sign it again for me, God, so that so that I'm really reassured about. I mean, I didn't ask for it. He gave it voluntarily, but that's just how much he wants to keep us close to him. He's like, Barb, nah, don't give up. Give up now. You come on over here where you belong. You see what I'm saying? And so it, it's a blessing. Amen. It's really, really a blessing. And so, you know, when you live a, a life with God where you have to be responsible, be in charge and step out and do some things and. You understand what I'm saying? It's easier to sit back and let somebody else do it and what I'm saying and just say, Oh, I rejoice with you. Praise the Lord. Go forth, sister. Go be be blessed. Be healed. Be filled. You know what I'm saying? It's much easier to do that. 
and, and that's the right thing to do but sometimes you just have to put your nose in the lion's mouth because that lion needs to be tamed amen so we're in the lion taming business so you can't be, you can't be afraid of sticking your head in the lion's mouth sometimes that's necessary okay so um let me see so we did psalm 30 let's turn to psalm 107 that's another favorite i guess i could go in order but i didn't write them in order so i probably had a reason for it psalm 107 where's my chuck at psalm 107 (laughs) psalm 107 amen and verse let me see where this starting 15 it says oh that men would praise the lord for his goodness in other words there's a lack of that among people and and the psalmist wants to share the blessing and the benefit of of praising god and he says for his wonderful works to the children of men for he has broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder what's standing in your way of god's blessing he's already taken care of that amen he's broken that down he said fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities are afflicted in other words when you transgress that's a foolish thing but but then you got to learn how to come back to god he said for their soul abhorred all manner of meat and they draw near unto the gates of death then they cry unto the lord and they in their trouble and he saves them out of their distress amen he saves them out of their distress it says we get in trouble because of of not understanding not knowing and rebellion so we can get in trouble for any reason but he says once people get so afflicted at least they have sense enough to cry out to the lord in their distress amen see if you lose that you've lost that connection never be too proud to cry out to god for help because this is part of your covenant relationship with him he knows we're going to get in trouble he knows everything we're going to do right before we do it well why don't he stop me why don't you pay more attention to him the 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 uh um really the purpose of his relationship with us is not to stop us from doing everything wrong especially if you're determined to do it see if you don't know any better you're going to do wrong anyway amen and so you begin to cry out to him in your distress and he saves us from our distresses he also sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions oh that men would praise the lord for his goodness so here we are doing wrong getting in trouble and then we cry out in our distress he delivers us out of trouble and then heals us from the damage and effects of the trouble we got in so it's like all the people that that wind up with sexually transmitted diseases all the people that wind up with disease from from bad dietary habits and and smoking and drinking and doing drugs and all those things he will actually heal people from all of their distresses amen everything so i would say stay with god until he does the full job if he started something in you if he's delivered you 
then stay with him until he does the full job. Amen. And he says, he sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Amen. So that they would they would praise him for his wonderful works. And I have a, a sense that if we praise him for his wonderful works, then we'll have the expectation that he'll do it again. See, you don't get out there on a limb because here I am and I messed up again. Uh, I can't face messing up a third time. Just keep living. You're going to mess up more than that. You understand what I'm saying? It's a guarantee. The the one person that will make sure it happens is the devil. He stands and waits to, to trip us up on things so that we'll slip up and we'll not have an understanding of of his mercy and his greatness. So that's why we need to keep <clears throat> these things rehearsed in our ears. Amen. That we cry out to the Lord and he heals us. Amen. You know, in Psalm 30, the one we just read, it looks like while this person was crying out, their healing came. You understand what I'm saying? It's like, wow. He says, you have healed me. Amen. And so this is a good thing. You know, the thing sometimes we think is the worst thing in the world to have to do before God. The minute you do it, you find out there's a great relief there. There's great deliverance there. And there's help is always there. I think God only wants us to to cry out. And what does crying out do? It opens the door for your help. Amen. Because crying out is an expression of faith. You know, whether people know it or not. I was thinking about some of the things that we see happening uh in the world now. You know, I remember when we started doing the prayer manual and and God had us put that prayer for prisons in there uh and we we began to pray for prisons and for prisoners and I was thinking about that. And I said, Lord, that prayer was put in there, and and it, part of it says, let God hear the sighing of the prisoner, and, and for those who are imprisoned unjustly. And so it's taken like 30 years, but I was thinking about it the other day. And I said, Lord, unjustly, because I thought about myself, I thought about it as I would read it from time to time. I said, well, they all think they ain't done nothing wrong. You know, everybody tells me I didn't do it. But now I'm seeing what the revelation behind it is, that the uh, the, that uh, Biden law, uh, uh, prison law, prison reform thing that was passed back in the 90s. See, we had a prayer for that even before it was passed, because we started this in 1990 exactly we did the prayer manual and so we started it then but that prayer that law has already they're already getting ready to take it to the supreme court because it's unconstitutional they give people a life sentence for first time offense of selling marijuana or something like that they have ruled that all of those sentences are way too heavy for the offense good case in point is the lady alice johnson now we were praying for alice johnson and didn't even know her because she's been in prison 20 years they said they gave she they gave her from what i understand either life plus 20 years because she served 20 years and she said she had 22 more to go 
for a first-time drug sales offense. If that was your mother, you'd show some mercy, some compassion. If that was your relative, you'd show some mercy. You see what I'm saying? It's it's wrong. It's way wrong. Just because it's a law, look at abortion. That's a law, too. You're going to tell me that's right? You understand me? So it just depends on who's making them, who's enforcing. And that's why we got so many people in jail. The prisons are overcrowded. Some of these people should have been released a long time ago just on the merits of good behavior. You know, it's like the people, you ask the people who work in the prisons and you understand what they go through and how they see it from their perspective. And they are all in agreement with it. They said we are keeping people warehoused and they get into more trouble for having to stay here than if we could chance and take a chance and release them. And they're getting released. Um, pastor Daryl Scott, who is a pastor here, he works very much in that program. He's always going. They, they review cases one by one before they let people out of there. They have to have a recommendation of the, the uh, government in the prison and all down through the system in order to get out. But they are releasing people early. Um, Alveda King's daughter, I think that's who that girl is. Uh, she's running for Congress in Georgia. Yeah, she was in prison. Martin Luther King, your granddaughter. You understand what I'm saying? See, the devil the devil knows what he's doing, trying to make the children pay for what he had to give up dealing with the parents. You understand what I'm saying? It's nothing but a revenge thing. She was able to get out, but President Trump gave her a pardon, and that enabled her to be able to vote again so that she could run for Congress now. See, you got to get pardoned before you can do certain things in this life. See, we don't even relate to that because we got a full pardon. The worst of us got a full pardon from God. But see, there are people who could be productive, who could be useful, could be happy. And she had something like five children and was sitting in prison. And she said, I, she said, I, I turned my life around. She said, I knew I had to turn my life around and I did. I, I got out of prison on good behavior. You know, it don't hurt if you're Martin Luther King's granddaughter either, but everybody ain't his granddaughter and they deserve a chance too. Alice Johnson, the woman that famously got the Kardashians, got her out of jail. Now who would think that God would use a Kardashian to do something like that? You, you understand what I'm saying? See, people think about, I'm waiting on revival. If you look real closely, it's here. See, he's using people for good that we never thought he could do in very high places. And she said, my, she said, a girlfriend of mine told me about this lady, Alice Johnson. And she told me, she said, oh, it's so horrible. She's in jail. And she said, I just couldn't quit, quit thinking about her. She said, and I thought to myself, is there something I can do? And she didn't stop until she figured out what she can do. Amen. And so these are things that God is doing as answers to prayer where he is giving mercy to people who have not had mercy. I think it's terrible that people languish in prison when they are are able to be out. See, it's the ones that are, are very 
very determined and, and, you know, that kind of thing. But there are some people that just don't have the determination to fight like that. They need a chance, too. You see, they need a chance, too. So so those are some of the things that, that God will do and deliver people from their bonds, deliver them from from the 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 the, uh, the when he hears the sighing of the prisoner. That's a prayer. That's an open door for mercy. And how many of them don't sigh because of waiting and languishing without much change in their lives? It's amazing what God's doing. If we watch and we pay attention and watch by the Spirit, we'll find out what God is actually doing. He's righting a lot of wrongs that have been done to people. A lot of wrongs. And it's a good thing. Amen. It's always a good thing when we see mercy coming forth. Amen. So God always sends us a healing word. Psalm 107.20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them. That's us from their destructions. So if you are destroying yourself, he will deliver you from you. You got some habits that you think are just too bad to talk about. He delivers you from those things. Amen. And so it's good because he owes us that. If he says he's the God who heals us, we need to be healed. Amen. Psalm 41, 4. I said, Lord, be merciful unto me. Heal my soul, for I have sinned against you. Boy, that's a pretty big one. Amen. That's one everybody can use. Amen. When you have that breach of relationship with God, it makes you feel forsaken. When when Jesus took his our sin on him at the cross, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? See, left me out here without a connection to you for what I'm facing right now in the world. Amen. And so that sense of being forsaken needs to get healed. I mean, we all feel like orphans until we it really dawns on us that we are are accepted, we are forgiven, we're new creatures. <clears throat> we're not to live in the misgivings of the past. You know, yeah, if there's there's a breach in relationship, you need to mend it. You know, if you can, you need to ask God to help you to mend it and get get the relationship right the way it's supposed to be. And so, you know, those things are, are definitely needed. But we need to be healed, too, when there's a breach in relationship. You know, sometimes people say things to each other they shouldn't say. Or they say things because they're they're misreading the situation and misreading what's going on and and they think it's about one thing and it's really about something else and so they need to be healed from the confusion and the disappointment and the shame that comes with misunderstanding amen there's it's easy to misunderstand each other we've all got sin iniquity working Uh, you know sometimes you're in a mood where you feel sorry for yourself and you hear stuff wrong all the time but you would you say you you ain't in the mood today you don't like me today you know it's like out of nowhere you know people will accuse you of being a bad guy because of what's in their brain and so we have to be careful about that that we we live in a place of understanding loving forgiving giving uh be apologetic 
some people you can apologize to them a hundred times and they still don't get it you know what i'm saying it's like you know men when the men's meetings when the women's backs are turned men will say things like oh you do something wrong to a woman they bring it up every time they they'll never forget nothing they put it on repeat amen and it's true to a degree but you know sometimes you just need to break it down a little bit more i think if if the man would go a step further and entreat the woman and and get her to understand it it wouldn't have to be a repeat but something's lacking somewhere if this thing doesn't get resolved you know what i'm saying and oftentimes it's because they don't put god in the middle of it you put god in the middle of it things get resolved amen yeah so he says be merciful to me and heal my soul amen so we learn here that healing is a mercy ministry that's necessary for everybody because who doesn't have some damage done to their soul yeah who doesn't have some bad memories have had bad experiences have been put in a place of of um I guess you could say a place of of weakness that you didn't want to be in, uh, you know. And what what that'll do is cause you to think of yourself as some kind of a victim. You know, you take for instance children who are in untenable situations when they're children. You know, uh, when they're small. When you're a kid and you don't have the power to do anything to help yourself, you are a victim. But then when you grow up and you get older, and especially you find the Lord, you're not a victim anymore. And so what the writer is saying here is, I want to shed the victim mentality. I want to shed that victim identity. I want to shed that that old person, you know, just like take it off like a, a, a coat that doesn't fit anymore. Amen. And, and so that you know how it is when you, if you pull the wrong thing out of the closet, you're, you're, adjusting it all day long you know what i'm saying that's that's what these old identities are because you just don't know uh it doesn't fit you right and so but the only thing but you you put it on anyway you understand what i'm saying and you don't know how to take it off without being coatless i guess in a way you know it's like if i let go of this what do i have well, you have your new identity. You just got to build yourself up in it. Amen. And so here the psalmist asks God to be merciful to me and heal my soul. Because healing is a mercy ministry for the soul. Mental torment results in physical weak illness. And so if your mind goes, your body is the next. Amen. Because they all work together. Spirit, soul, mind, and body. Everything works together. That's why when God heals us, he heals us from the inside out. He's got to get our soul into it first. And then it will permeate and then begin to flow out into the body. Sometimes when we think about it, if you think about what all is involved in your healing, I mean the part we know about, we we must understand that if God says his word confessing the word and hearing the word is bringing medicine to us we got to believe that it's being bringing medicine or we'll give up on it because sometimes it doesn't look like it's working because he's doing it from the inside out see we're looking for the outer manifestation right away 
where he's got to go through the inner. And so the psalmist was smart enough to figure that out. He said, be merciful to me and heal my soul. Amen. Mental torment results in physical illness. Amen. All physical has some soulish origin. Everything that you feel in your physical body has some soulish origin because you must have faith in it and you must have it in your mind. It's got to be lodged somewhere in your innards before it will manifest on the outers. So that's why a lot of times, you know, God will have you minister to people with the word because the word is what heals your soul. Amen. And so uh, if somebody has some difficult problems, we begin by giving them the word that ministers to the soul and then it begins to permeate the body. You know, like when people got healed, it says when they heard of Jesus, they heard first and that word got into them and then it manifests in healing, physical healing. And so that is the proper way to receive healing is to receive the word. Everywhere Jesus went, they said he taught and he preached and he healed. He didn't just rush up on nobody with nothing. You know, sometimes he would. But many times we see these different accounts of him uh, healing people. There must be some faith involved in that. You understand what I'm saying? Some some level of believability, even if it looks like he approached the person out of nowhere. You know, like the man lying by the pool. You know, it looks like Jesus just come came up to him and said, would you be made whole? Well, there must have been some faith involved in that. He must have seen the man was expecting something good, anticipating, just like the man at the gate. Beautiful. When they saw he had faith to be healed, he said, get up and, and walk. And that's how it's done. So it can be a faith that they received at your word. Or it can be a faith that they carry with them where they're well, ready to believe God when the anointing shows up. And so, it, but it is a thing that works from inside out, not outside in. Psalm 103, it's a favorite of all of ours. Healing is a benefit. Amen. Amen. It's a benefit. We have many benefits in our covenant. Psalm 103, uh, starting with verse 2, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. You see, forgiveness comes first, amen, and heals all thy diseases. So forgiveness and healing go together. That's why we we say uh, the atonement takes care of of uh your your healing and it takes care of your uh, takes care of your salvation you know your deliverance from sin and it takes care of healing because healing uh your sickness came as a result of sin so god does the whole total package he didn't just save you and then you got to worry about how your body's going to be healed he did a package job when you were saved. It's just that many times people are not preached that. They don't become aware of it. But God makes it available to everybody so that when we do come aware of it, it's there for us. Amen. It, it's always been there. It's like, oh, I overlooked that. And that's why he says don't forget his benefits. Amen. Because it, it's easy to forget that God has provided for everything that we need and he says who redeems your life from destruction you'll be rescued over and over and over again 
there was a little uh video they they had on i forget it might have been youtube or somewhere but it was like one of them viral things there was a it showed a, a girl getting out of a car and she the, they were trying to hold her down but she was praising god and when you looked at the car you saw it was squashed like that there's no way she could have got out of there and no doubt when she came out she knew god had got her out of it you know and so whoever was taking it girl you better praise let the sister praise her let her go let her go let her she all right let her go let her go she all right but but she she was just caught up in the spirit of god you can see because no man could tame her she was giving glory to god it wasn't like she decided to she came out of that thing in a praise and it was just so uh, wonderful to see and and you know i thought about it i said look god all the people that go around that act like they don't know you but they know you you understand what i'm saying all those bystanders knew what was going on if they didn't know it at first they knew it after the sister exhorted them but but you understand what i'm saying he makes himself known amen the earth will be filled with the knowledge of his glory like the waters cover the seas amen it just will it just will so anyway he says be merciful to me he heals all your diseases delivers your life from destruction crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies satisfies your mouth with good things all you french fry eaters and potato chip fiends and donut donut devils amen you know i had to do that i said god let my mouth be satisfied with things that are good for me because in, in you know we think we say good things you say yeah i like this i no, we ain't just talking about that talking about satisfied with things that are good for you so that your youth is renewed like the eagles amen so it it all goes together that's your health food scripture right there he'll tell you what things to eat what things to stay we know what things to stay away from I remember when the girls were still doing their dance ministry, and I told them, I said, well, I said, everybody's little tights were getting tight. I said, listen, y'all can't put not another pound on. I said, that includes me too. I said, so we go, I said, don't eat nothing white from now until we, you know, had a conference so you can get in your little tights and stuff. And I know somebody, Dee Dee, was always finding a way around it. Uh, what did she do, get chocolate milk or something? You remember Chuck? Dee Dee cheated. I think she got chocolate milk or something like that. Well, you said nothing white. Dee Dee was, she was 15 jumps ahead of you all the time on the food issue. Amen. Yeah. But they knew what I meant. You know, the exact things they did. Or the French fries. Well, they browned the French fries. Nah. They ain't quite brown, but they they white on the inside, so you can't have that enough either. So, but he does satisfy our mouth. He will teach you how to eat what's good for you and enjoy it. You know, I'm not talking about grinding everything in a blender. That's punishment. You know, don't don't even play with me. And people that say they like it don't like it. They just get it down some kind of. They get it down without gagging. Amen. The same thing with that vinegar. I say, who in the world puts vinegar in something to drink every morning without gagging? That's just punishment. 
Yeah, that stuff, you know, I would say this. If it makes you want to throw up all day long, you will lose weight drinking it. Now, y'all get with me on this. Amen. You don't have you don't have to go punishing yourself and doing all these exotic things in order to lose weight or stay healthy. Come on now. Let's let's cut this out. Amen. You know, it's a fad and then pretty soon they won't be doing that anymore because it don't work. Amen. Don't work long term. Anything that punishes you, God wants you to be satisfied with what you eat. You got me? And and have good things. You don't have to grind up green stuff and feel healthy and think you're doing something for your body. You understand what I'm saying? You eat some green, eat it green. You know, but don't don't do that to yourself. You don't have to. Amen. He'll find a way. He knows how to work with people. Mm-hmm. He made you the way he wants you to be. Man, we all need help with something. Psalm one forty-seven, verse three: He heals the broken in heart and binds up their wounds. And where do we know that from? From from Isaiah fifty-three, and also from Luke chapter four. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me. See, that's a big deal to God: is to heal our broken hearts and bind up our wounds. Amen. And brokenheartedness is very common. All you got to do is is expect something and not get it. And your heart's broken. Amen. And see, people who don't mind disappointing people never do very well in life. You understand? You just have to, you know, I look at parents sometimes and, and you know, they they get comfortable disappointing their children. And it's not it's just not right. Amen. If if you can't keep your word to your child, you need to man up and woman up and say, you know what, sweetie, I wasn't able to do it this time, but I'm going to try my best to make it up for you. You know, just acknowledge that you're not proud of what you do, because if you never confess that after a while, you get hardened to their little cries and their little please and mommy give me and, and their desires and all that. You'll harden your heart toward that and you don't want that you want to always even though it may break your heart to have to disappoint them and it might hurt your pride to have to confess it and apologize to them you do that anyway see that way that child gets understanding they're not doing it i didn't do nothing wrong that mommy didn't give me so and so see they're internalizing the wrong thing when that happens so that's what you're trying to hit off from this child carrying around brokenheartedness and then they get hardened they quit asking they quit expecting they might go to stealing they might go to manipulating to get what they want so you can hit all of that off just by being honest and allowing god to heal brokenheartedness but if you're broken in heart and and you don't get yours healed you won't be sensitive to breaking the hearts of other people because you feel like well it's me against the world i gotta get what i gotta get you know crazy stuff and it's shocking how many Christians still carry that attitude because it never goes it goes unchecked. But God says right here, he's waiting for you to come to him so he can heal your broken heart. He says it in so many places in the word. The anointing that Jesus died to give to the church binds up the broken in heart. You understand what I'm saying? You know what it means to bind it up? Make it not so sensitive. Until healing finally comes. 
Because you don't get healed everything day one. You get saved. But he binds it up so you're not bleeding all over everybody. You understand what I'm saying? Telling everybody that will listen huh? about your rough time and your hard time and what you didn't get and all that. And who did this and that to you? And see, he wants to keep that from being bruised again. You got me? So it's like this. If say for instance you you uh hit your thumb, you know I don't know hitting a hammer or something, you know how we close it in a door or something, that thing will be sore and tender for a while, and you'll find yourself keeping your thumb out in a special place so it don't get hurt again because it's already hurting enough. And see, that's what we do with our hearts. We do that with our lives. We try to keep them in a special place ourselves. So we, but God said, oh, you don't have to do that. I bind that up so it can't be hurt again. You got me? Well, somebody need to say amen. He, he does that so that we don't have to wear our feelings on our sleeves and try to, see, if, if you don't get that taken care of, You'll live your life trying to warn everybody how hurt you are and don't don't say nothing mean to me. Now think about it. You think about it. We do it in different ways. Some of us try to be ultra nice to everybody. So they won't be mean to us because we think if I'm nice to everybody, Nothing nothing bad will ever happen to me. That's the biggest lie that's ever been told. As you sow, you reap. What have you sown that you don't know you've sown? See, there's a lot of things we do unintentionally and not understanding. Like Paul said, I got forgiveness because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. There are ways that we offend people that we don't even know we've broken a law. You know, it happens around among church people all the time. You know, you come into a church and you're all excited about things and you run here and run there. And, and then you wind up saying the wrong thing to people. You promise the wrong thing to people. You, God sent me here. I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And then you wind up not doing it. Well, see, the reason I didn't do it, well, you did wrong. But you don't see it that way. Because you're looking at it from your perspective of I'm doing the best I can. You know I've been hurt. And I can't do a whole lot of this and I can't do You understand what I'm saying? So we're all subject to offend. And we're all subject to pay the price for the offense. You can't go tiptoeing through life trying not to upset anybody so they won't upset you. That's called witchcraft. You have to learn to take the good and the bad. That's why God said, don't worry about that because you're going to run yourself crazy. Because see, the next thing you resent people because you've been treating them right and they treat you bad. Got me? So you're setting yourself up for failure because you don't let God handle it for you. Okay, girls, quiet down. Listen, shorty. You, Hey, hey, hey. You're usually taking a nap by now. Get your nap on. Look, look, how much stuff she need. Oh, my goodness. 
just confiscated. She ain't paid no attention to me. She's just all in her coats and stuff, I guess. Well, I guess I've gone and preached. Then. So you know what I'm saying. We need to have a realistic, when the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust, you're going to have some trouble. You're going to have trouble out of people. You're going to have trouble out of people you try to help. You're going to have trouble out of people you try to love. You're going to have trouble out of everybody. But God says, come to me with what you have. He said, and I will bind up your broken heart. Amen. Because people don't mind disappointing you to get what they want. Yeah, you got to understand that. But you can't let that frighten you. You can't live in a place of wanting to retaliate or stay away from them. You have to learn how to go to God with your wounds and get them bound up. And he puts it in a place where you're not so sensitive about it anymore. In fact, you get to a point where you can kind of laugh as you say, I can't believe I was upset and crying about something like this. See, you haven't gotten there yet, some of you. You understand what I'm saying? See, if you can get to the place where you see how ridiculous sits in the heavens laughs, because Jesus is laughing because people think they can hurt one of his own when he's constantly healing us. See? He's healing us all the time. And if you go to him and expect that healing and that balm and that peace to flow over you, that you don't have to be concerned about these things anymore. You see what I'm saying? You don't want to be the type of person who is concerned about everything because you want to be the kind of person who is carefree. He says be anxious for nothing. He says be carefree about it. He says come to me and I will give you rest if you labor and you're heavy laden. Amen. And so that what that must mean is that you don't have to look out for protecting yourself from everything that's bad in the world. You can live as more than a conqueror. You can go through life. I tell you, a good thing to do is just ask God to open the door for the things you're supposed to do. Quit doing everything for everybody on your own. You understand what I'm saying? And learn how to be somebody. If you can't do it without resentment, don't do it at all. Amen. And this, and if you resent it, you need to ask God to help you to get beyond resenting the things that are compelled to be done in your life. This, it, this isn't like don't do anything for anybody, but we have to do it as unto the Lord. Do it with a pure heart. Ask God. Let God be the one who um, rewards you. See, you can you can do anything if you let God be your rewarder. If you let him be the one, God, I'm doing this to please you. I'm doing this because your word says to do so and so and such and such. I'm doing this because I love you and I want to please you and I want to honor you even though this person is not reciprocating. See? And so you you can let God know you don't like ungrateful people. You understand what I'm saying? You can let him know that that you don't, you know, care for all of this. But God, I'm doing it to please. If it's going to please you and it's going to give me peace, Lord, that I've I've done what you wanted me to do, then I want to learn how to do it with joy. Amen. I want to learn how to do it with a good attitude, with a grateful heart, with a thankful heart. Because really, God doesn't have to take our offerings of service. He doesn't have to receive them and reward us for them. 
but he wants to and he does in many of the situations but if we're going to be grudging if we're going to be petty if we're going to be small if we're going to be looking out for us all the time see you can't give and receive at the same time now what do i mean by that the bible tells us to give without expecting anything in return why because you can't give and receive at the same time you try it and see if you can amen you can't you either give and you let god be the steward of it over it or you you want to receive and so we we got to learn how to wait on our reward we have to learn how to wait on the harvest wait on the crop see unless god gives you supernatural faith to get it but forget about getting people to to you know forget it you 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 got to learn how to do what you do and let god have it and then expect that god will take care of your every need you don't have to get it through that person you gave it to you understand what i'm saying you really don't and you don't have to resent them you don't have to be angry with them you don't have to and vow that you're not going to do nothing don't go there please because there are many of us who are gifted to be givers and the devil stays on our case more than anybody's you know what i'm saying just because he wants you to stop giving look at that they didn't they, they didn't tell you they appreciated it i said well listen devil i don't expect him to tell me nothing if i get some thanks it's because it came at the hand of god suppose i don't need no thanks for every little thing i do you got me something to think about so god wants to be the one who heals our broken hearts binds up our wounds that's a very common thing that god does because we all of us need it so much you may not have much in the way of physical illness throughout your life but everybody needs to have their souls healed from the ravages of sin the ravages of of um, neglect you know pressure misgiving all those kinds of things we've all been damaged in some way by the ways of this world and so god wants to heal us bind us up and get us in the right place amen all right why don't we stop father we thank you for your word amen we thank you lord for understanding thank you lord for the goodness that comes with understanding your word father we bless you we thank you we praise you we honor you we lift you up lord because you're worthy to be praised and adored you're worthy to be praised and adored father we thank you we bless you we honor you we love you and we magnify you we lift you up lord because you are worthy to be praised you're a good god and you're an on-time god so we honor you and we love you we thank you for all that you're doing for us in the name of jesus We thank you, Lord Jesus, for blessing us with so many blessings and benefits. And we honor you today, Lord, in Jesus' name. Heal everybody from the top of their head to the soles of their feet, Father. Let us not be anxious for anything, but let us know that we are healed. So while we do our confession, I don't have Rona, and she don't have me. I can't get Rona, and she can't get me. Thank you, Father, that by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. Amen, amen. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.